I got so excited for DC Joe, I spilled Diet Coke all over me. <laughs> How you doing, DC? <laughs> We're back. We're back in the old Miracle Theater. Yeah. Third back time. In miracle. After a week spent in the soiled armpit of America that is the Pacific Northwest. It's terrible. It's good to be back. <laughs> back on the East Coast. Oh, you can just feel it. You can feel it. It's good energy. They get it. Granted, this is getting a little closer to the southern part of the East Coast. Oh, no. Where there are a little, a few more American flags than, say, college diplomas. But <laughs> that's all right. It's not a big deal. Remember when you were a kid and you'd see an American flag and be like, hey, that's where I'm from. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> now you see an American flag on someone's porch or... Plaster to the back of their Hummer, you can't help but think, uh, oh, I think I know where they stand on a few social issues. <laughs> Living in America. Tell your children to avoid the house. <laughs> if you're ever in trouble, just stay away from anyone waving the American flag. <laughs> so goddamn sad. Oh, Washington, D.C., a city so nice that made it a district <laughs> you know I'll, I'll be completely honest I tend to shit on uh, most cities here and, and most people not all know that I'm joking um, but I actually think I really like this city or district or whatever the hell it is I do uh, Joe and Skid and I were at a bar last night watching the Celtics trounce the Warriors and I was shocked at how many attractive people were in that bar. Yeah, walking around the street yesterday and today, so many really good-looking, fit people. It's a good-looking town. It's good a very good-looking city, yeah. Good food, good beer, the streets are clean. That is my base litmus test. <laughs> you so sound like a 70-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it when the streets are clean. Throw in a couple American flags and we got a good time. And those attractive people are all interns, so stay away, Troy. <laughs> Well, this is all to say, Washington, D.C., I'm officially giving you the Troy LaValle District Stamp of Approval. And I'm proud to be... Do we not have a graphic for that? I'm, Grant, I'm, I'm you sorry. You had one job. Proud to be... I was busy, I was busy at that bar, Troy. To be, to be clear, Grant has 400 jobs on yes. the stage right now that you can't see. I also never asked for this graphic beforehand, so... <laughs> Yeah. One, seven, five. One, yeah. seven, five. One, seven, five. Give it up for Grantberger. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Grantberger. <laughs> Let's take a gamble. Wait, wait, be Let's careful. Let's take a gamble. Wait, be careful what you see there. What site is that? I thought I scrubbed the internet of that. I needed money. <laughs> On YouTube, we can't watch it? Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't make the Pornhub cut. <laughs> you know, while we're in D.C., our nation's capital, I think it's fair that I only uh, I break out our patented glass cannon network political humor. Right? Everyone knows that 
Everyone knows that we're a political network first <laughs> and an RPG entertainment network second. That's our bread and butter, baby. That is it. <laughs> and we have several one-star iTunes reviews to corroborate. That. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't get to, I don't get to do stand-up anymore. I thought it'd be nice to bring out my patented political humor in case I need to ever audition for the Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> As a writer. Like, like it's an entity? Yes. The Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Some sort of artificial consciousness known as the Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> that day may come when this network crashes and burns after several Capitacasa sex scandals. <laughs> <laughs> That's One the wouldn't mo- be enough to bring him down. I, was like, I like that we can survive. We can, we can absorb two to three of them. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that. <laughs> after that, it's a string. <laughs> and then you're in trouble. So here comes some political humor to really lighten the mood. I'll start with something easy. I don't want to touch on any hot-button topics right off the bat. Yeah, yeah I, know Grant, where this is I think you have the right idea. What's going on with the Ukraine? Have you heard about this? <laughs> have you ever seen this? Have you, seen, have you guys heard about this in the news? Russia thinks they could just walk right in there and take over. Who does Putin think he is? The storm tyrant? <laughs> Stayed up all night writing that one. All right. Just say was, Ukraine. If that wasn't edgy enough, let me see if I can kick it up a notch. Hey! 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 What, what's the deal with gun violence? You guys, have you heard about this? You guys read about this in the news? There we go. <laughs> move on to the next one. That one killed. Let's move on to the next one. Let's just keep going. <laughs> sure. Grant, you're going to like this one. Sure, the Bill of Rights says you have the right to bear arms, but that was written like 300 years ago. That's like believing every rule that was written in the Bible. You'd have to be a real dum-dum to do that. <laughs> Was Dum Dum too harsh? Dum Dum wasn't bad. All right, I got another one. <laughs> Let's see if I can close it out with the least controversial topic I can think of. <laughs> Just cut it. Cut it for time. What's going on with abortion rights? <laughs> I think we should talk about this. Some people think abortions are mean. Well, other people think they should have the right to do with their body what they want, Matthew. It's true. It's very true. Why don't we just end it there? What? Yeah. That's a hilarious joke. What it's... I'm wondering is, how come nobody complains when a guy masturbates into a sock? Your think mom ab- did. Think about all the potential lives lost in that gym sock when Joe left for the venue earlier today. <laughs> You found that? So many potential lives lost. I was looking for that side. <laughs> it's like evidence left behind at a crime scene. <laughs> it's going to be tough to get on in the morning. Come on. It's a family show. Folks! <laughs> Nothing is off limits. Uh, now I'd like to introduce you to two, uh, four, four men. <laughs> 
<laughs> Some of us about to be fired? Four minutes! Yes. Yes. It's just going to introduce two of us. Yes. Now, I'll introduce you to all four men uh, who have been here uh, for less than 24 hours and have all been propositioned for sex by Senator Lindsey Graham. You know about this? <laughs> 24 hours! Pretty good rate. You know? <laughs> First up is a man who could never run for office because his legs are too short. But he could run for cabinet because he fits inside one. Give it up for Matthew Cabanacasa! Matthew Cabanacasa. Matthew, I have a few goals going into the night, and one is always to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Check it off the check the box. (laughs) How you doing? You actually got here on Sunday. Yeah, I was spending some time with family. How did that go? Did they like you? I don't know how they feel about me. They're more into the baby. Oh, the baby came too. Is the baby here? <laughs> bring up the baby. Come on, bring it up. Trevor, get that baby up here. Uh, but you're having, a, you're having a good time? You're a big having, DC guy. I'm having a great time. Love the city. Yeah. Good. Good talk. Good um, talk. Next up is a man who uh, groups of eighth graders have taken pictures of all week, thinking he was the lesser known DC monument of. Glow Grover Creep. <laughs> it's such a stupid joke, I can't see it. He's the, the lesser DC monument known as Grover Cleveland's tallest poop. <laughs> Wasn't as funny. Grant Burger, everybody. Yeah. Grant. I didn't know they stacked shit that high, Troy. Grant, I'm falling apart. How are you? Doing okay. I had a great time this morning. I ran the entire National Mall to the Lincoln Monument. Get out of here! Yeah, it's great. How far is that? Uh, ten miles total. Ten miles? Not, not just there. I did more. I ran with Matthew a little bit, and then Matthew had to attend to his baby, I guess. You I ran know. ten miles? <laughs> no, I was just done. Who runs ten miles? Yeah. <laughs> That's almost a half marathon. Yeah. You, you just do that on the reg? N- now I'm chasing Jen with two ends. Jen's here. She- there she is in the merch booth. Just finished the Boston Marathon. Uh, she just finished the Boston Marathon. That's right. And I'm trying to catch her. Okay. That's not how it works, but good. good. Yeah. That's, that's I so. how I understand it. <laughs> it's not cumulative running. <laughs> good for you. Next up is a man who loves D.C. because he loves history. Sadly, he can't remember recent history, like where he left his pills, keys, and dentures. <laughs> Give it up for Skid Mar, everybody. Skid! Skid. Skid Skid! Skid, how are you, buddy? We, uh, we flew here together, and then we, we watched the game together last night, and then you ducked away to watch Star Trek with Matthew. I did, and then we couldn't figure out how to get it to work on our TV, so we just went to sleep. But today, uh, I did get to hang out with my new friend Daniel over at the Justice Department, and he gave me a tour of said Justice Department. got to hang out in J. Edgar Hoover's old office, and in fact, got to see the closet where he kept all the uh, secret files when he was uh, ensconced there. So that was pretty cool. You love justice. I do. I love big justice guy. I love justice. Good for you. Yep. I saw the. <laughs> you said that like you were lying in front of Congress. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Guy, yes, I do. I love justice. No, Senator, yes, I do love justice. <laughs> Grant needs to whisper in your ear first. Yeah, I know. 
I love justice. <laughs> Perfect. Well-oiled machine. I charged Skid $500 for that advice. <laughs> By the way, it's worth, I love coming here every time because I got to, you know, I went to the Smithsonian uh, Natural History Museum. I love coming here. It's a great city. And now I love that I can say that I have a friend at the Justice Department. That's what one of the yes. coolest phrases you can say. Right. It's just like, oh, such a sense. Let me just talk to my friend at the Justice Department. <laughs> right. We'll see what we can do. It's I'm, like I'm, I'm prepping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, Lady G. <laughs> Finally, as a man who is known for many things, though intelligence is not one of them. Up until recently, he thought the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier was an old D&D module. (laughs) And you should have seen the look on his face when he realized the National Mall didn't have a Burger King. (laughs) Give it up for big, stupid DC Joe O'Brien. Love that movie. Uh, you guys started it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Boston Joe was us. We made that up. Sure. But then you guys started the whole DC Joe thing, and it took off. And you know who loves it more than anyone in the world? My dad. <laughs> Does he like it? My dad is like, did they say Portland Joe? <laughs> when I get back, I'm like, no, Dad. He's like, fuck Portland. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, you, uh, took a jog today, and that ended after two blocks, and then you walked for a mile. Tell us your story. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, yes, I, uh, I went out for a run today. I had high hopes. I got about, yeah, I don't think it was a full two blocks, and I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. And so then I just walked uh, up to the Capitol. It's so funny you say it, Grant. I walked up to, we, we were, we're staying at Capitol Hill, real close to the Capitol. I walk up, I walk around the Capitol from the, I don't know which side is the front or which is the back. Is the front the one that faces the monument, the it's... Washington Monument? All right, so I was in the back. I walked around to the front and I saw the Washington Monument. Grant was like, I ran across the whole mall, around the Washington Monument. I saw the Washington Monument and I was like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I was like, is that in Baltimore? Like, it was so far away. I was like, I'm not, I'm not walking over there today. And I turned around and went home. And, uh, and is that uh, where we ran into tacos. you? I was like, is I that where we ran into you and said, yeah. you want to come get tacos? Yeah, you guys were like, we're going to go get tacos. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to need a shower. And I just went and got tacos. <laughs> Those were good tacos. <laughs> they were really, they were really good tacos. tacos. Were good tacos. Was yeah. bulgogi. Bulgogi taco. Even, yeah. be- and, even uh, better El marks. Bebe. El Bebe down. El Bebe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good marks. I heard a very passionate, oh, yeah, <laughs> from the crowd. Uh, and then tonight is the first time ever we have ever snuck out of the green room of a venue and went to eat on the block of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy did that in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His name is Joe. He's a nice dude. Uh, so we ran into some nice people. It was amazing. And so thank you, guys. That was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, we walk into this restaurant, we just hear, yeah! <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. It's like you're on stage with us. I can hear you so well. <laughs> we love coming back to these venues that we've played multiple times because we feel so comfortable here. We, uh, we think it's a lot of the same people. How many first-timers, though? Oh. 
<laughs> they don't even know. They're not coming back. <laughs> Any of you wearing American flag shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, actually, tonight's going to be pretty wild. I always say this to Joe in the hotel room the day of the show. I said, you have no idea what's going to happen tonight. And you say, you say that every time. But... <laughs> You guys have no idea (laughs) what's going to happen tonight. So let's get to it. Grant Berger, take it to the recap. Yeah! Water cap. Water themes. I call that (laughs) recap. On the boat now. I call that recap, I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Very water themed. Well, we are uh, officially in book three of Strange Aeons. We started in Seattle a couple of weeks ago, and now we're in it, and we're playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition. <laughs> Last time in Seattle, I went over the basics of book one and book two to kind of catch everybody up. I'll do it again tonight, uh, just in case there's people here that have no idea what's going on, like the players. <laughs> Book one introduced us to our heroes when they woke up in an asylum with complete memory loss. And and they eventually find out that a man named Count Hazerton Lowell's IV put them there. So book two is them leaving the asylum and heading into the town that the Count presides over. The Count has left town unexpectedly. Listen, you never remember the recaps. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Just let me know when it's initiative. (laughs) (laughs) not the best type of player yeah oh yeah you sit down you like prepare all this stuff i got so much good story for my players they're just like when's the combat when's the next combat (laughs) i'll be playing candy crush until i roll for (laughs) (laughs) you go to the town that he presides over and uh he's gone So most of book two is the heroes trying to find out where he went and why he went. The why seems to be tied up in his desire to be a respected scholar. In an effort to finally be taken seriously in the scholarly community, he left town in search of a lost city called Neruzavan, which he believes holds three monuments that were left here by an alien species Long before humankind. Problem is, the location of this lost city can only be found in a book known as the Necronomicon. At some point, Lowell's began using dreams as part of his research, taking it so far as to enter a space known as the Dreamlands to further his studies. While there, he meets and bargains with someone named the Mad Poet who tells him where the Necronomicon is. The sacrifice of our heroes' minds and memories was part of this bargain. So, Sir Julie Andrews, Atticus Grimm, Halster Price, and Aldo Casimir. Aldo got the biggest pop. Aldo's my favorite. Are now heading in the direction of a city called, oddly enough, Casimir, where they believe Lowell's is heading to meet a friend of his named Myacnian Munn, who is going to help Lowell's translate the Necronomicon when he finds it in the Kadiran city 
of Kathir. These cities are very far away from where our heroes were. Luckily, you have all found passage on a boat called the Selen Starling, a large keelboat that sails the Selen River from Thrushmore, where the Count presides, all the way down to Casimir. How convenient! The captain of this ship, a fiery halfling named Skywind Freeling, took you aboard at a reduced cost as long as you promise to help defend the ship. There are two professors aboard as well, returning to Casimir after their sabbatical in Ustalov. And you also find your old friend, Ferbal Hoss, a.k.a. Tiny Murder Clown. You see him at the docks, and you don't know what he's been doing. Uh, so he comes along for the adventure as well. The boat takes off, and you're introduced to the six-person crew of Fingers O'Toole, Fanny Creminger, Dinky Fustumble, Pedro Alakabam, Pork and Chop Mac, Pork Chop McIntyre, and Spinny Pow, the cook. <laughs> Spinny Pow! Wait, is it, is it Spinny Pow or Spinny Powell? Spinny Pow, P O W. P O W, okay, yeah. thank you. She's kind of like an Emerald Lagasse. Pow! Bow. That's her okay. thing. Pow! Pow! That's how she pow. goes. That's, that's what I'm deciding right now. <laughs> And not but three days into this rivered boat journey, just moments after spying a red-sailed ship far in the distance behind you that disappears into the fog, you are attacked by three large amphibian badger-like creatures, which you defeat. But as the last one fell, it pulled Tiny Murder Clown with it down into the water and out of sight. It's terrible, isn't it? Just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Moan. Grant, come on. I, uh, got hold him. on. I got it. Got him. <laughs> you dummies. We're all the way in D.C. This will be worth it. Okay. All right. I think I got it. Uh, okay. If I, and if I, I calculate. Spirit. There we go. This is a really. Re- yeah. Look at how look at how recent that photo is. Yep, that's precisely Eric's current haircut and facial hair. Yeah, it's like that's he's exactly here. Exactly what he looks like now. It's like he's here with us. Yes. <laughs> getting haircuts is what I do fourth best. <laughs> <laughs> As tiny murder clown's body disappears below the water, we look up. Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag on that gimmick. We're done. This is, this is a treat. We get to see how everything, how the sausage gets made. Yeah. <laughs> Can't edit this out. Um, we see Tiny Murder Clown's body get pulled below the water, and then we, we, we look up from the water at our four heroes looking down over the edge of the boat, maybe looking frantically for something to, to throw down and fish him out of the water. Then we see Skywind Freeling, the halfling captain, come over and, and, and put an arm across one of your chests. And she shakes her head and says, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. We don't like him. Yes. <laughs> Let's not waste time role-playing his apparent death. Let's just move on. I would like to say a prayer for Tiny Murder Clown. There's no time, unfortunately. <laughs> say it silently. All right. <laughs> I 
And so you move on. As I mentioned last time, this is a long boat journey. Your destination is months away. But luckily, you have a shit ton of work to do while you're aboard this vessel. You've got to go through all of Lyle's notes and books and journals, all this shit that you took from his mansion at Iris Hill. And I mentioned this last time, as, as Lyle's obsession with researching this lost city of Neruzavan grew, as he delved deeper into the dreamlands, you can see that his writing became more erratic, trying to find a consistent thread among all of these notes and books and things that he writes in the margins. You know that it's going to take days, maybe weeks, of meticulous research across several disparate sources. But you have time now. So you begin to dig in. Where Halster and Sir Julie's knowledge base, it's mainly tied up in religion, they don't have a ton to offer to the research, but thankfully, Aldo and his less intelligent rat friend, Atticus... Not anymore. They are... Second edition now, my friend. Oh. Oh, I didn't know this. If you had to, say, quantify your intelligence on a scale from 3 to 20, where do you think that it would fall? Such a don't lie. nonsensical idea. It's like, I can't what, even wrap so my head around 17? it. But no, 3 to 20. Sure, if I perhaps were to quantify it, I would say it It's might not be, a great sign that, that you don't even know. I've got to say, you're not off to sterling stuff Well, it's there, just mate. such a silly way to track such a thing. But I'll say 19. All right. And you, Aldo? Numbers are meaningless. These situations. <laughs> These numbers. <laughs> no, they're, they're culturally biased, those sort of measurements. I'm not Truly, I truly. It's a waste of time. It's a waste to get of time to even discuss it. Exactly. We should get to work. We really. should just get to work and just put all this behind us. It's silly. Like Tiny Murder Clown. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We must forget such meaningless things. Yeah, such meaningless, irritating things. Just put them aside. Yes. Throw them overboard, as it, as it, as it were. I like your metaphor. Well, uh, Aldo is a master of arcana, and Atticus is a master of occultism. And Lal's studies are right in your wheelhouse. So can I assume the two of you are digging into these notes all day and night, comparing and contrasting things that you discover, maybe below deck? Explain to me what this looks like. I... Skid, you want to take this one? I, uh, yeah, I think that... W- well, it, it is funny because the ship is much smaller than we have pictured. <laughs> like, in our minds, when you look at roll 20, it's like... Yes. Was it like Tiny 40 feet long? <laughs> yeah, so, this is... It's preposterous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it has ruined my immersion. Yeah. So now... This is, this is a lifeboat. Right. <laughs> that we, like, we're escaping from the Titanic on this thing, so... We have to spend several months on board, so I guess we're just kind of just cramped next to each other, just kind yeah. of like pouring over all these books with like get little like candles, I guess yeah. below decks. Or like if it's a nice day, you can know, get up up top, you know, in a dick no. chair or something. We cannot risk the pages getting wet. Oh, true. We oh, must wow. stay in this telephone booth below decks. 
But the other thing I wanted to do as well is I, I am also a master of ancient history. So I would love to do at some point a history check on Casimir, Zur, and Nerezavan. Casimir what and what? Zur and Nerezavan. Oh, Zur, like X-E-R? Zur, yeah. And oh, Zur, Zur. Yes. Zur. Uh, I, mean, I could be pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. Uh, all right. Give me a history check, and just give me one check for all of them. Okay. Natural 20! Natural Natural 20! All right. (laughs) (laughs) This is a nightmare for Troy right now. I know, it's like, just tosses the adventure into the trash. It's like, well, you, le- you learned it all. It's Let's all- do some more political humor. Um, yeah. We just want the critical success information on three cities at this <laughs> campaign setting. So this is, ju- this is just ancient history. Right, right. So- and it wasn't a geography uh, check. It was more about what's important there. Well, uh, you know that Zur is uh, one of the two main ports for all Resmirin. So the fanatical Resmiri priests... That's their, like, city. And uh, you have every reason to believe you're going to pass by Zur uh, on your journey. Whether or not Skywin is going to stop there, you could ask her. Um, but uh, where did you hear about Zur? What? Where did you... You heard me. Did you read the adventure pass? This was all uh, the, the headband. Because I'm not from Galarian. Right, right, so right. So all, all the history that I, that I know was implanted into my brain by oh. the, the headband that I, or the, the Iune Stone. We learned about uh, it when we learned about the journey that uh, Halster or uh, <laughs> Lowell's was taking. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, so you know that uh, it's, it's where the Rasmurian priests are, and they usually require uh, donations, if you call uh, stop in port there, and they can be pretty uh, pushy about it. But you imagine Skywind, if she's going to stop there, she's got a deal with everybody um, along the way, or, or she's going to play by the rules. There we go. There's three different shows going on here tonight. Uh, in terms of Casimir, uh, this is your destination. Uh, it is a, a city in... Uh, Andorin. Uh, it. Uh, <laughs> just see you sweating. What? I'm just. I'm reading the Pathfinder wiki. Oh, thank you. Okay. You know what, Skid? You earned it. Just go ahead and open the can Pathfinder wiki. With a natural twenty, you can read the wiki. No. Uh, <laughs> good. You've unlocked so says in the, the wiki. Criti- under recall knowledge says critical success as success, comma, except you can read the wiki. Right. That's what it says yes. in 2E. I could, yeah, I could. I um, yeah, it's a significant source of trade in Absalom. <laughs> a lot of naval vessels. Coal, saffron, lumber. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes on there, it seems. <laughs> seems like there's several pages of information on this major city. Yeah. You're going to be really interested about Casimir when I, you get there. That's what I would say. Here's all I want. Yeah. If I have a question down the road, will you just answer it for me as Absolutely. if I knew it now? Yes. Okay. You've earned, you've earned that want. right. Okay. And I want you to hold me to it. Yeah. And the other thing, the interesting thing, too, so Razmir is the country that is ruled by the, the, the living god, right. Razmir, right? 
but he is also not actually a god. Do we know that? Or is this... Because I don't think many people are aware that he's just like a charlatan. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry. If anyone out there... Sorry. You spoiled it for Matthew? It's in the book. (laughs) I didn't read the wiki. Jason Bullman has told us on many occasions that Brasmere is fake. Yeah. This, it's on the wiki on as the well. Wiki. Yeah, you have uh, now unlocked the Church of Rasmere wiki as well. I didn't, I didn't roll a natural 20. I don't get to read the wiki. It says, it's pretty interesting here. Every year, hundreds of doubters are sent into the heart of the exalted wood to be indoctrinated into Rasmere's faith. Those who return come back changed. They seem to lose their doubts and return with a newfound faith. And many return with unexplained burns and scars, although some never return at all might be some foul rituals going on in the old exalted wood. What if they just live there forever and are happy? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe they just open up like a a knitting shop or something. They sell wool. Yeah. Probably. Are you sure you haven't read the wiki? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Casimir is a a naval base, basically. It's the Absalom equivalent of a naval base. Um, It is uh, situated perfectly uh, at the northern part of the inner sea right and that's where the selen empties out into the inner sea here's the most important part of this maybe is you know absolutely nothing about Nerusavan even with a natural 20 okay and that, actually that's fine um, I mean even okay yeah yeah I buy that so you're below deck digging in yeah I, I, I picture us below you're still deck gonna go like with you this a candle like every once in a while the, the tipping boat it's like candle starts sliding you gotta catch it Make sure it doesn't burn any of the pages. And we're going through these tomes after tomes. We're sitting down there like Woodward and Bernstein, just like across the table from each other. Uh, Atop the Valley Soul, the Codex of Three Prescriptions, Curses of the Black Lake, dichotomous translations of Oclo syntax, like book after book after book, elements through the spirals of time, emotions of the past, the falling silk. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of books, all with so, long uh, titles. Yeah, I, Atticus is digging in. But I love like the thought of us like coming. Oh, look at this! Yeah, and, like finding and something interesting exactly. and like sharing it. Yeah. Well, in terms of the mechanics of this, you have to spend like 14 hours a day reading these materials. Um, now, where there's two of you, you can get things done more quickly by working together, but it's still hours, mostly below deck, combing through these tomes and journals, all dealing with subject matter that is sometimes very mundane and boring and other times, like, maddening and weird. And Lowell's notes, as they become more erratic, start to play with your mind as well. So, if you remember, one of those trunks at Iris Hill had, like, two dozen books, and these were the books that you were just reading the titles of. And they all seemed very important to Lau's research because he had dog-eared pages, written notes, referenced other books. So I imagine this is where you really start digging in. And after uh, only a few hours of combing through these books, when you finally sit down, you're like, you know what? We've put this off long enough. Uh, we're no longer mourning. Enough my ties right. on deck. <laughs> it's yeah. time to get to work. I know. We're just procrastinating for days. We're just like... Spinny powers. Getting suntans like out of the deck. Painkillers yeah. after painkillers. <laughs> Another frozen painkiller, Mr. Casimir. <laughs> you find things hidden within some of the books. 
folded into one of them are two scrolls, and you have time to figure out what those scrolls are. One is a scroll of tongues, and one is a scroll of dreaming potential. What? Are you familiar with this shit? No. This is awesome. You know tongues, bro. You, you know, know tongues, bro. You now know oh, I'm tongues. I'm familiar with tongues, bro. Dreaming potential, fifth level spell. You draw the target into a lucid dream where it can explore the endless possibilities of its own potential with the ever-changing backdrop, backdrop of its dreamscape. If it spends, or if it sleeps the full eight hours uninterrupted, when it wakes, it counts as having spent a day of downtime. Don't I can't fucking talk. A day of downtime retraining. Though it can't use dreaming potential for wow. any retraining that would require either an instructor or specialized knowledge it can't access wow. within the dream. That is that's really a ma- cool. That's some Matrix stuff. It's a free retrain. Yeah. But you only have one scroll. The other thing that you find is really, really interesting to both of you. Let's say Aldo finds it. Let's you say open, that. You open up a book and... The center pages, like a square in the center pages, have been hollowed out so that something can be hidden with inside. It leaves a, a space about six inches square and four inches deep that you wouldn't even know was there when the book is closed. Inside this space is a miniature staircase. What? That's carved of uh, from horn and ivory. It's beautiful, and you can tell that it looks exceedingly valuable but it also seems to have been placed here for a greater purpose is it magical it that's an interesting question (laughs) (laughs) glad you asked that it isn't magical it just seems both valuable and important so You find the tongues. You find the dreaming potential. You find the little staircase. And you start digging into these notes. What are uh, Halster and Sir Julie doing while they're just hiding away downstairs? uh, Combing through these tongues. Below decks. Down below decks. (laughs) Oh, tiny murder clown. (laughs) (laughs) Our interactions were but short. But I shall remember your zealous enthusiasm for killing. That's what we're doing. For, <laughs> also for 14 hours a day. Just <laughs> lamenting his possible death. In, they're in mourning. We're in mourning. Houster is jealously polishing his shield in the corner, seeing what a, what a keen shine that Sir Julie took to Tiny Myrtle Clown and wants to one day be the apple of her eye, but can't get her to notice him. Oh. No matter how hard he tries, wow. he's trying hard. <laughs> Takes his shirt off below deck. Cheapers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right, all right. You know, I do imagine if you carry any sort of candle for Sir Julie, it's got to be rough hearing her talk about thousands of men that she slept with. <laughs> like, over and over and over again. Not a man like Houster like isn't uh, scared right, exactly. by experience. Thousands Joe. of people she slept with. Yes. I'm not scared by experience like you are, Joe. Houster! 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 
I don't understand what you said. <laughs> Help me out here. I'm trying to put the names. Fingers, Fanny, Dinky, Spinny, Pedro, and who's the other one? Spinny. Spinny. I got Spinny. Oh, uh, I got it for you. Fingers, Fanny, Dinky, Pedro, Pork Chop. Pork Chop. Pork Chop. How can I forget Pork Chop? Remember him and uh, Fingers used to run a corned beef shop? Yep. Yeah. All right. Now they're all on there. They have and, two different uh, last names, and I said, uh, what are they, cousins? And you said, no, it's a family shop. <laughs> it's a family and then you shop. just moved on, and I, I, I'm they baffled. Just, they happen to work in someone else's family shop. It's the shop. greatest mystery of book three so far. <laughs> you two knuckleheads spend almost two weeks digging through oh, these books. Amazing. Before a trail starts to unfold before you. Trail. 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 Evidence. Trail. 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 Lyle's notes indicate over and over again that his journeys occurred in the dreamlands, which you knew before you even dug in. But as you read more about it, you learn more about the dreamlands, that they are a vast and relatively stable section of the dimension of dreams, which is much larger than just the dreamlands. The dreamlands is just a part of it. You also start to learn the fundamentals of travel in the dreamlands. You learn that most type of damage that one experiences in the dreamlands vanishes upon waking, except for purely mental effects, which can wow. tend to linger. Yeah. Spells and yeah. items. Oh, it's, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. Or uh, Inception. Right. Spells and items used in the dreamlands cannot be brought back into the waking world, but persist from dream to dream. So you could find something in the dreamlands, use it, Wake up, it's gone. Return to the dreamlands and all of a sudden you have it again. And finally, you learn that death in the dreamlands works differently as well. It results in an immediate traumatic awakening and you don't die in real life, but you come back with some sort of permanent madness. Okay. And the more you die in the dreamlands, the worse it gets digging through and you see notes by Lowell's planning to research a mysterious hermit in the dreamlands known as the Mad Poet. Apparently, this Mad Poet was quite dangerous until appeased beforehand. So you can see that Lowell's focused his investigation on how best to approach this inscrutable and certainly sinister figure. It seems that this, it seems that this appeasement process is rather detailed in, part- in particular. Throughout his research, Lyle selected a a caravanserai, kind of a a roadside inn, a way station where travelers could stop to rest in a vast dreamlands desert as his initial destination. You like that? Is that how you pronounce that word? I looked that up like four times. Caravanserai? Caravanserai. Caravanserai? Yep. I looked it up. I've been pronouncing it wrong for a long time. Caravanserai. Seven wonders, bro. Well, fucking tell Google, man. (laughs) <laughs> caravanserai it's caravansery yeah caravansery that's what I thought too yeah. but that's not what Google said I just Googled it 
<laughs> oh. That's what I thought. Booyah! Bird dog for the win! Wait, wait. Shut up. Everybody shut up! DC Grant! DC Grant! DC Grant! He said he was going to do that before the show. He was one inch away from your head. Yeah, that would have been. That's how, that's how you know I'm a professional, Joe. Wait, everybody shut up. This is what I used. <laughs> You'll notice how we can't hear it. I hear it. It says caravanserai. There is That's a- the American pronunciation. <laughs> Did you just say pronunciation? Busted! Pro- I did say pronunciation. <laughs> were you doing the... Oh, you were doing the British pronunciation, which is... Sorry! Last Asshole. time I checked, this is America, Grant! Asshole. And I'm proud to be in... Can I just finish this research? Can you just let me know when I can roll initiative? Don't listen to Matthew. This is, this is gold. This Dreamland stuff is gold. That sounded like DC Matthew to me. <laughs> Wait. DC Matthew! Yeah, his, his favorite name is Matt. That's yeah. his favorite. <laughs> like what, right, Matt? When do we ever call him Matt? Right, Matt? Like, this happens all the time. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I, I like this. This is good. Car- is the caravansary in, in the Dreamland? Sarai, yes. Sarai, Congressman. Sarai. It's in the dreamland. Can I finish? Is this, is this book three? Are we going into the fucking dreamland? You're learning. a caravan? You're learning what Lyles did. Okay. Well, it's funny you mention that because after 12 days <laughs> of researching this and trying to decide how to pronounce it. So many paper cuts. <laughs> yeah, that was several days right. of worth of research. Yeah, you just to hear out. Atticus. And Aldo screaming yes, at each it's other. It's Caravanserai! It's You're an idiot! You're a fool! <laughs> Magic missile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is fire explosion below decks. It's like. Boat starts sinking. Yes, boat starts no, sinking. No. My boat, what the fuck did you do to my boat? It's Caravanserai! After 12 days of reading this, which should have only taken four days. You uncover the Dreamlands excursion ritual. Oh. Okay. The ritual that Lowell's used. I hope it's not based on pronunciation. (laughs) And now you can use it as well. Oh, okay. To travel to the same place that Lowell's did. Oh, wow. Caravanserai. Wow. In addition... You discover if you could figure out the correct phrasings, you could travel anywhere in the dreamlands. But right now... That sounds hopeless. Yeah, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> you know how to get to the caravanserai. Now, rituals, I don't know if you know this, Joe. They're their own thing in Pathfinder 2E. Beef! Joe. <laughs> Sorry. Got jo- excited. Joe was... Uh, Right before you got in the shower, you were like, dude, 
I started reading about rituals today in Pathfinder 2, and I was like, really? <laughs> Tell me all about them. And I sat there and listened like an idiot. <laughs> but I already knew. They're so cool. They're so fucking cool. Matthew, you... take my hand. We're going on a ritual. Grab hands. This is what our parents feared we were doing when we played That's this right. game. <laughs> it is exactly it. They came down the basement stairs. There were like two candles lit. And we're There's all holding whole hands. Whole we're going, <laughs> <laughs> no, what they actually came down, downstairs to find is you're going, Street, bro. <laughs> Why is Grant naked and covered in goat's blood? <laughs> you're Get out here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, DC Grant. Well, we're going to get into some DCs for these checks. Ooh. Look at that transitione. That's how we do it in the professional biz. Here's how it works. You need to have a primary caster, and that role is so important because that is the person that makes one very important role. I do roll well in D.C. I do roll well in D.C. <laughs> what is the skill they have to roll for that? Well, here's the thing, Matthew. I'm glad you asked. You have learned enough to know that you could use either arcana or occultism as long as you are an expert in those fields. Aldo is an expert in arcana. You are an expert in occultism. But here's the thing. There are also secondary casters and the secondary casters beef up the john of the primary casters and if you don't understand what that means I, I, I don't know what to tell you you don't understand us really if you don't understand that there the secondary, are, it says it right in the rule book the secondary casters beef up the john of the primary right caster yeah. archives of Nethys J-A-W-N um, so basically there are three checks that need to happen and the results of those checks can either make it easier or harder for the primary caster. A critical failure on one of those checks makes it extremely hard for the primary caster. This ritual will take an hour to perform and it must be done at night and it must be done on the material plane. And the little tiny ivory horn staircase that you found is part of the ritual because as you begin casting these things you pass the staircase to each other slowly over the course of an hour freaking cool if you pull it off shit happens if you fail shit happens you're telling me either way shit happens either way shit happens DC's gonna see some shit yeah. It's it's uh, day fifteen. All right, so you're telling me journey, night's rest. Yeah, full night's rest. Get used to it. It's a long <laughs> journey. Your secondary checks are the following. I'm going to tell you. You spent time figuring this out. Obviously, I'm telling you the mechanical way of doing it, but you figured this out. Like I said, the primary check is either arcana or occultism, and you have to be an expert. You don't have to be an expert or a master in the secondary checks. One of those checks is 
arcana or occultism again, but you can't use the check that you're going to use in the primary. So most likely if Joe is the primary using occultism, then Aldo would make the arcana and vice versa. You can't use the one that you're using in primary. The second check is religion or performance. And the third check is society (gasps) or survival. There are four of you. There are four checks. Night begins to fall on day 15. Skywin, I'm, I'm assuming you've kept her abreast of this, right? Are you, are yes. you keeping this close to your vet? You're going to do a ritual on her uh, boat. No, right? yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a small boat. Like, we, we have to, like, what are yeah. you doing? It's just like, we were like, we're like, we're like, should we, should we tell Skywin? And she's right <laughs> she's here. She's right there. <laughs> tell me what? Oh. So sorry, Skywin. Uh, would you mind if we lit a bunch of candles and did a ritual on your boat? It wouldn't be the first time. Do you want to do it on the top of the deck or below deck? Below deck. Good. I don't want you scaring my crew with your witchcraft. What happens to our bodies while we we journey to the dreamland? I don't know. I didn't spend 14 days reading these books. (laughs) I was... I, I know it's close quarters, but I was asking. Oh, sorry. Asking Atticus. Atticus and, and Aldo. <laughs> what happens to our bodies while we travel through the dreamlands? Aldo and Atticus. <laughs> it is unclear. Our bodies remain here, Sir Julie. They are unmoving and completely protected from all danger. Says it's right they in the spell. They are incapable of being hurt or damaged in any way. So there's Completely nothing to fear. Even to pranks. <laughs> <laughs> they are immune to pranks during Even the if rituals. someone tried to dip one of our hands in a pot full of warm water, for example. Wouldn't work. Yes. And we should, te- and we should tell Dinky Fustumble not to drop penises on our faces. Yes. Not again. You leave Dinky alone. It's a long boat ride. He's got to entertain himself. If drawing a penis on your... Sleeping forehead will make him happy. You let him do it on my boat. <laughs> Isn't that right, Dinky? And Dinky's just like, <laughs> not creepy at all. Like, the journey gets long enough, but everyone has like the faded sharpie of a penis on their forehead. <laughs> Dinky's a weirdo, but we love him. He's mute. He is mute. He is mute, but he draws a penis like no other. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always circumcised Isn't that right, Jinky? <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't know what it is <laughs> Sure, sometimes he has a little fun with it And draws the little lines of something flying out of it But that's Jinky's right <laughs> Maybe a vein or two Anyways, I'm going above Dick <laughs> And she leaves you and Dinky just sits there watching. <laughs> with a fucking sharp. Watching and waiting. Yeah, you, you assume that your bodies just go to sleep at the completion of the ritual and that you, you kind of enter this lucid state in a body that is a lucid body in the dreamlands. But you really don't know what it's like until you do it. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> it is really cool. 
Let's figure this out. Who wants to be the primary caster, the one that will be making the big check? I have a thought. Why don't you roll off for it? Whoa! Everybody slow down. This is purely tactical. We need to figure these skills out first. What's your arcana bone? My arcana bone is plus 17. What's your occultism bone? My arcana bone is plus 17. Okay. Oh. So you've been saying it wrong the whole time. We're both masters of arcana. Oh, you're both masters of arcana. And I'm an expert in occultism as well. My occultism is 15. So the way these skills combine, you want to make sure that you have the highest in each of the secondaries. Right. And if that leaves only one person who's left to have the highest primary, then that's where you go. So I think we start with the secondaries. You're going to do religion, Sir Julie. Well, right? well no. Hal- Halster also has religion. Yeah. What's your religious bone? 14. What's your bone? 15. Bam. Oh, are you, you're, Bam. you're an expert. Nobody has performance, yes. right? Nobody has. Oh, you have no. some performance, but it's not. Uh, I do have performance. All right. So then that's religion. The other two that we can do is secondary. Society or survival. Society. You've got a good society, right? I'm a nine in society. Not a good society. Better I'm than me. 13 in society. Skid? Uh, society, also 13. Train. Okay. Are you going to let them do those secondary checks when they're already assigned to other checks, though, Troy? Are you going to force me to do Wait, it? wait, wait. But it was society or what? Survival. Does anybody have the survival? Oh, plus 12. Oh, okay. all right, all right. So you could be survival, you could be religion, then you guys just have to fight amongst yourselves. Who's doing arcana, who's doing occultism? Who's no, no, primer? no. I would do society, because that's 13. Beats his 12, which would leave Me Aldo as the primary caster doing arcana. So the most... There's only two prim- secondary? There's three secondary checks. So what's the third secondary? You got society, religion, and then... Occultism religion or performance, religion. society or survival, and then... Whatever you didn't do is primary. So if he does arcana, someone's got to do occultism. All right, so I'll do occultism, and you do society. So 12, 15, 14, 15. then 17. I thought I was doing survival. He is. Oh, oh, is your survival better than your... Yes. Uh, All right, we have decided. <laughs> we have decided. Survival, primary arcana, secondary okay. occultism, occultism, and religion. All right. Okay. Who? Yeah! Now, here's the thing. Oh, baby. The secondary checks, you can either succeed, crit succeed, fail, or crit fail. Is there any, like, creepy pasta-like thing we have to say to get this ritual started? Oh, yeah. Stiff as a feather, light as a board. Stiff as a... No. No, you just have to hold the staircase during the entire time that you make this check. and then You don't you have to say anything? Hand it to the next person. Nobody has to think. You don't have to say you the can human say whatever you want. was denied a bank loan. The human torch. <laughs> you have to say something. Who Lanolin? Wants Who Lanolin? wants to roll first? <laughs> La- what is it? Lanolin? All right. Lanolin. <laughs> pizza. I, uh, who wants to... Uh, pizza? Yeah, we got pizza. We earned it. We, did we? All right, so... Are we doing... All right, so we're in this. Who's rolling we're the secondary... We're holding hands. It's we're night. doing the chant. Gibbous moon is in the sky. What does that mean? I don't know. And now we begin the secondary checks. Grant, start us off strong. Hold hands. Oh, Phrasma, guide me down this spiral staircase. Show me how to survive these desperate times. It's a 19 on the die, yeah! Troy. Crit success, dude. Crit success Huge. with a 31. Huge. Boom! Boom! Yeah! Yeah! 
Wait. What's the total? Uh, 31. Not a crit success. Oh. Uh, but it, Sad noise. It is a success. Wait. You got a 19 on the die? And a yeah. 31. 31. 29 plus yeah, not a crit success. You carry the one. But yes, it is. Very good roll. It was stated earlier that Halster is the weak link. All right. That's rude. Plus two now, Skid, you have to your check with that. Okay. That's a okay. plus two on a regular. No, it's not. No, it's no bonus. You no need bonus. a crit success for the plus two. I'm sorry. Who's you stupid now, Joe? <laughs> you know what? That's not bad. Sir Julie? I would kill for a success, Grant. You're doing great. Sir Julie. Oh! It was on. 17, and then it rolled to a 5. That is a 20. That's a failure. Oh! That means you now have to take a minus 4. Oh! Whoa! On this check. Okay. Where's your god now? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... So let me tell you what's, what's happening here. We're gonna need DC Joe. As, as Halster has the staircase and he's focusing in on his knowledge of how society works. Or survival. Thinking about survival. <laughs> thinking about the show Survivor. Like, ah, I wonder who's going to win this year. He passes the staircase to Sir Julie. And Sir Julie, as you get the staircase, suddenly it feels much heavier than it did when you were looking at it earlier and larger in your hands. It's growing and becoming heavier. You then pass it to Atticus. And Atticus, you feel... It's like taking all of your strength to hold it up, and it's like this wide now in your hands. So cool. Give me an occultism check. Come on. Come on, DC! I need need to crit this! I need to crit this. He focuses all his occultist energy into the stairwell after reading these books, these dark books of the dark tapestry, and those horrors beyond our knowledge... Those things beyond what we can understand take us to the dreamlands and track down Laos. This son of a bitch. We're going to find you. 1919! Yeah! Yeah! I roll rocks in DC, so that is is the total. 34. Exactly a crit success. Wow. Wow. Exactly a crit success. So now your minus four becomes a minus two because that's a plus two on the primary check. So you've got a minus two. A lot better than a minus four. Not as good as a plus two or a zero. And now the staircase is handed over to you, Aldo, and it, like, it's... You've got to have your whole wingspan out as you're holding this thing, and it's really fucking heavy. Give me an arcana check. Explain to me how this goes down. Okay. Uh, question. Can I use a bottle cap? You know this? what? Absolutely. You I, can. You can use that to re-roll, which but you, you can't just, you do can in a downtime first. activity, which is what this is, is like uh, use misfortune or fortune. But you can re-roll your check by okay. using a cap. And, uh, yeah, you all get a new cap for the session where it's a new session. Oh, right. great, great, great. Okay. Here comes the roll. No. No. No, how do... That's a, a total of a 17. Oh. So I... You... I believe I will spend a bottle cap to okay. re-roll that. Okay. 
Come on, get it this time. Come on, Aldo. Cap gone. Come on, skit. Okay, okay. With a minus uh, two. Okay, uh, that is a 26. With the minus two? Yes. It's exactly. Oh! 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 Wow. Oh, amazing. Wow. By the hair of his amazing. dumb Australian chin. Despite wow. Sir Julie trying to drag us down, <laughs> we worked together to push through. Go on to the dreamlands without me, then. <laughs> I'll wait here and see what happens to your bodies. <laughs> you... The, the, the weight of the staircase becomes... Dinky, can I borrow your Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> the weight of the staircase becomes so heavy as you complete the ritual that you have to drop it to the floor, and it falls to the floor and melds directly to the bottom of the ship, and there's just a staircase now leading down. Oh, cool. That's cool. Does That's it lead really to the water? What do you do? I think it worked. I think you're right. I mean, the ship's not sinking, so... This is it. We've read about this for days. Sir Julie. Yes. Lead the way. (laughs) There. Down the stairs. Very well. Follow me. Yes! Yes! This is so dope. Oh! So Sir Julie goes, followed by Halster, followed by Atticus and Aldo. You walk down these steps. I do have to give it to you. Uh, When you said it today in the hotel room and you were like, you have no idea what's happening tonight. You were right. Yeah, you're right. right. You were right this time. I thought it was going to be more river sharks or something because of the boat and everything. Couple nope. crocodiles going yeah. to the dreamlands. You walk down the stairs, and you just keep going. And maybe you look back at the people behind you, um, and you see them walking as well. And you just keep walking into darkness. And eventually, the stairs end on sand. <laughs> oh come on, that's wow. so cool! And you just step forward onto a vast and featureless desert under the blistering sun. You can see the heat shimmering in the distance, creating that air of an unsettling illusion as you look toward the horizon when the the wind and the sky just looks like it's moving. The only structure in sight that you can see is a partially ruined limestone caravansary. Caravansary. (laughs) (laughs) how is it is it spelled with an ai at the end because that was it is ai yeah i thought it was to read too but that's the ai yeah yeah. so technically i think it is that one that version is caravansary you're gonna take exception to matthew capitacaz's ruling caravansary thank you you see this partially ruined limestone caravanserai made of thick stone and cracked and crumbling with age. The stone building is the same 
pale tan color as the sun-bleached desert that extends to the horizon in every direction around you. You see up ahead at the building a, a single wide entrance that's large enough to admit several laden mounts just pierces the north wall of the structure and opens into what looks like a courtyard beyond. You see the northeast corner of the building uh, has wholly collapsed. There are drifts of sand and tufts of weeds indicating that the building is long abandoned. It's also oppressively hot under the sun here as you stand. Even after a couple of minutes, you feel like soaked through under your clothes and armor. Maybe you turn to look back at the staircase you walk down, and it's gone. Let's go to the map. Nice work, Grant. Looks like my my map moved. Shitty map. Um, So there is the map that I will... Quickly oh, I see. That's hilarious. <laughs> no. oh, 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 no. Oh, oh man. Shit. Oh, such gross work. I can see parts of the oh. caravansary I should not. Oh, no. You saw nothing. <laughs> what do you do as the, the heat beats down on your stupid faces? <laughs> Let us enter this structure and seek shelter. I agree. These winds are blistering. I'm quite hot. I'm wearing quite a bit of armor. Aldo's actually... This is like reminds him a lot of where he's from. So he's actually... This is... This is he's, he, it's kind of making him feel a little more at home. The sand and the heat. It's funny. The same thing for Atticus. Because uh, <laughs> he was born originally in Kadira. Around Kadira. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But was taken away at a very young age. So, like, as a child, he was in a uh, warren. So you call it a warren, like a desert warren. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this is like bringing back very old memories for him that are very vague, obviously, because of his amnesia. But this probably does, like, it feels even more like a dream. Right. Than, because it's just like, he probably, you, both of us probably have dreams like this. Right. Where we're, we go back home. So, yeah. You look down at your bodies and they look like your bodies, but everything just feels but a, little a little bit different. more muscular. A little, a little more ripped. <laughs> Everything's a little bit tighter. Yep. A little more shredded. You all have six packs. <laughs> Kiss pulls up his rope and looks at his abs. His hairy, <laughs> like, hairy <laughs> rat abs. Uh, you, I know you, Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go to these doors to the west? Yeah, there's the a ton of doors to the west. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll show you some more of the, the courtyard as you've walked in. Um, but, yeah, there are several doors. There's three to the east and two to the west. What do you do? I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> Sir Julie will listen at the door to the west. All right, so you, you go to the western doors. Give me a perception check. Uh, that is a 20, uh, 24. You hear nothing. I open the door. Sir Julie the Brave opens the door into this caravansary. And oh, baby, do you see stuff? 
he says as he does the polygonal reveal. Yep. You look in and you see uh, a decorative fountain with a basin beneath it, and uh, the fountain is decorated with carvings of uh, people sleepwalking. Oh, a theme. Yeah. Um, It's like there was a time when it contained clean water, but uh, now it's just dry and empty. And uh, the hallway stretches ahead. You see another door, uh, or not even a door, like an uh, an entry into another room to the north with just a, a curtain standing there. I'll show you that on the map as well. Let us proceed cautiously. Do we know any... We read about this place, did we not? The caravansary? Um, Like, did we read about what it was for or who was once here or if... Like, do we learn anything about this place from our reading? No, you just know that Lyles went here first. That's all we know. Is this where he met the mad poet? He didn't meet the mad poet yet, right? You don't know. You, okay. You, it, I think you do know that he met him, and oh, yeah, he was like, "Oh, the Necronomicon is in a, a museum and a oh, right, right. right. So, okay. were the Onerogens then at the asylum opening a, a portal to the Dreamlands as well? And was that for people to come from the Dreamlands into the normal material plane we're in, as opposed to what we're doing, which is going into the Dreamlands this way? It's the other direction. The Onerogens—they were all kind of malfunctioning, if you remember. Right. They were basically. As they were placed throughout the asylum, they were causing a rift in the whole area, which mm-hmm. ensconced the entire asylum. It kind of put the asylum in a, uh, a, a rift between a rift, planes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why all those dreamland creatures were slipping in, because these Onerogens were there. And when you killed the final Onerogen, it ended that. But they were intended to breach into this place. Yes, yeah, because okay. the Tatterman wanted entry into the world. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you just know that he came here first. But why? You don't know. And it seems to be abandoned. Let us proceed. We Is there any writing? There's, there's no writing anywhere? No, no. It looks okay. uh, just old and uh, untaken care of. Okay. That's a Untaken word. care of a dancery. <laughs> Bottle cap. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What what do you do? Sir Julie comes up to the edge here, and you see that the hallway uh, continues stretching down. Uh, There are more fountains uh, placed at various intervals. Uh, The hallway ends and turns about, I don't know, 70 feet or so, and there's another uh, room blocked by a curtain. So curtained room to the north, curtained room to the south, long hallway, lots of fountains. Uh, Grant, move your ass. Let's go. I'm not walking past Halster. Get up there. <laughs> All right, coward. Yes, well <laughs> You're the fighter. Mm. Uh, um, Sir Julie reaches out, and like after waiting for everyone to catch up, and she just yanks the curtain back. You yank the curtain back. I shall reveal the room, and then we're going to talk about it like adults. Oh. Oh. What is that thing in the middle of the room? Oh. You yank the curtain back, and the curtain, like, dissolves in your hands almost. It's so old, it just breaks apart in your hands. You try to yank it, and it just dissolves. You see the walls of the room beyond lined with shelves. There's a long wooden table stretching through the room center. It looks like it used to be a shop of some sort, but there's only dust and rags remaining on display. 
standing in the back of the room, perusing one of the nearly empty shelves, is a gaunt man with sunken cheeks. And he straightens up when you enter the shop and he says, Oh, I wasn't expecting anyone. I, I, I hope you had a uh, good journey wherever it was you, you came from. I, I, I wasn't expecting you. I, I, I'm so embarrassed. I don't have any wares at the moment. And that uh, makes my shop look rather lamentable. But you, you, you are most welcome here, travelers. And uh, the man looks like... Shma. Everybody roll a perception check. Jesus? Oh, wow. Evil it's Jesus. Evil Jesus. <laughs> evil dream Jesus? He's embraced the Satsui no Howden. Evil dream Jesus. 34 on the perception check. Woo! So Julie's not messing around. Oh, for religion? Yeah. No, perception. Oh, for religion. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that makes sense. We're talking to... All right. Uh, 16 for Atticus. Okay. Alistair? Uh, 24. And Aldo. What, what are we doing? Perception check. Oh, perception. <laughs> Religion. Uh, not, not good. Okay. So, Halster and Sir Julie, um, you both notice uh, that the man's black robes trail off at the edge into smoke as though he were insubstantial. And he says, I, uh, you, 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 you are most welcome here. I, I, I do apologize. I am not well stocked uh, for, for travelers. It's been a while since anyone has, has come, come through here. May, may I ask where, you, where you've come from? May we ask your name, sir? Yes. Yes, you may. It's Bindi Fentonton. <laughs> Wait a minute. This really sounds like a name that you just made up, like the people on the ship. No, no. Don't is that be, the case, or is this... Don't be foolish. My name is Bindi Fenton, and uh, it's rude of you to say otherwise. We come from the material plane. I hear it's lovely. It is lovely this time of year. Thank you for saying that. Yes, and, and, and what is your name? My name is Sir Julie Andrews, Knight of the Dawnflower. A knight? A knight? Uh, I must ask you, you're still in, in service to some lord or, or army? I to be rude, but it seems like you're past your fighting days. Oh. Now, Roll for initiative. <laughs> it does seem that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little eyebrow raise from uh, Matthew there. It conveys everything that needs to be conveyed. Sir Julie gives Bindi Fuck me eyes. That's not what that was. And what that about you? Wasn't quite the message I was sending. Yeah, that was message received, Knight. <laughs> I'm not insubstantial everywhere. <laughs> what about you, Rat? I am Atticus Grimm. Atticus Grimm. We have come... Don't repeat my name back to me in a creepy way. I didn't do the same to you, Bindi Fofasafata, whatever your name was. Fenton. Fenton. Benji. Nice to meet you, Benji. Atticus Grimm. Atticus Grimm of the Material Plane. Of the Material Plane. Stop if I wanted to mail you a package, I, I would just send it to Atticus Grimm, care of the Material Plane. <laughs> it would get within 1D20 times 25 miles of my location, I suspect. Nerdage! <laughs> <laughs> what Nerd is it, you... <laughs> what... 
It is time for Nerdish! God damn, you don't even need the drop. So Amazing. So night, and, and what is it that you do? What is your, your specialty here? I, I, I must know. I'm an illusionist. An illusionist. I can see the smoke tendrils coming from the end of your cloak. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I cleaned that up. Are you... Are you... Quite... Insubstantial. Well, it's a... Uh, are you really here? A matter of perspective, I should say. Uh, he'll walk into the room. Yes, please. Uh, he'll come he'll in. walk in and get closer to him. And as he walks up, he say, Are you really here? Do you have a form that is present in this place? And he sort of reaches out curi- curiously to see if the guy will, like, put out a hand or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're all just surrounding him. Like, no. <laughs> we're all pulling out daggers like this. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. They are quite insubstantial, I assure you. Um, he says, yes, no, I am uh, quite substantial. Allow- just, just fist bump. Fist bump, yes. For realsies. No, uh, allow me to show you. How substantial I am. <gasps> roll for initiative. Oh, oh, no! Roll, 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 roll for initiative. I thought he was a friend. I thought he was a friend. You're never going to come back to the dreamlands. You come there, you introduce yourself, and the first Yeah, the first guy meet, is like, oh, where did you come from? Murder! Murder town. <laughs> I am from Murderton. It's okay. He'll just be mad at, in, on the material plane. Uh, all right, let's go over initiatives. Aldo, uh, thirty-one, a natural twenty for oh! thirty-one. Thirty-one on a nat twenty. One seventy. Okay. Uh, what about Atticus? Twenty-three. Twenty-three totes. Sir Julie. Sir Julie also rolled a natural twenty. Oh, oh! Sir Julie for thirty-five. Thirty-five. I I'll should s- inform you, just in case. That Sir Julie call, carries a pilgrim's token. So if your monster happens to roll a tie, I win. Oh, oh cool. that's a cool little cool. John. That's great. Halster, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you roll? 24. It's time for Sir Julie, Aldo, Halster, you all see this guy reach out towards Atticus in anger. He reaches out and... Uh, you all get to act first. Yes. <laughs> yeah! So, Julie, he oh, reaches, out, party, reaches out to grab. What do you do? Oh, this is tricky. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. No, kill this dude. Great sword. Face. He could just be trying to, like, fix your lapel. Well, then we wouldn't have had to roll initiative. Dude, he literally went. I'll show you how real I am. And his face twisted in rage. Yeah, he just starts adjusting your tie. <laughs> it's like, why did you say it that gotcha. way? Gotcha. <laughs> Why? I just wanted little you Dreamlands to... humor. <laughs> just wanted you to look a little nice, a little razzing the new guy. <laughs> I'm trying to obey the tenets of my order, but I'll roll with the great snore, <laughs> snore, snorter. All right, like twenty-three it. to hit. Twenty-three to hit. I'm so sorry. That's a miss. Oh, no. oh. Okay. Cool. Second attack. Second attack. This will be a hit, right? Uh, that's a uh, uh, 27 to hit. 
Yeah, that is a hit. Yes, yeah. a juice! Okay, that is... Excuse me, 19 points of damage, unless he's undead. Is he, he undead? He does not appear to be undead. However, you notice that not all that yeah. damage yeah. gets... Not through. all that, John's... You have a magical uh, weapon, right? Yes. Okay. Third attack. Weak. Weak yes. sauce. 18. 18. I like how you're right next to him when all this happened. Oh, wait. Flanking. Just... 20. Ah. Get out of oh. here. No, no, he's flat-footed, right? That's well, what, the one. first one. It's a minus two to their AC. Minus two to their AC. So the, did the first one hit? Please stop wasting all our time. Well, it's a really... Uh, it's, a it's Aldo's turn! <laughs> I love how all you guys are in the room already, surrounding him with a striking <laughs> Yeah, ramp. like, I, it's so... I get, did you miss it? That's what I have to deal with. You were, like, role-playing, and I was, like... Walking up yeah. to him, and they were all surrounding him. That's what they were all laughing. And I was like, I didn't see. Don't, don't, don't worry about them. They're, they're insubstantial. because yeah. they were like surrounding. It it's sick. such cheap shit. It's baloney. It's garbage player garbage. If only you had caught it, and we would have just it's admitted it was a gag and moved back. Such, you should police yourself. It's such dirty pool. Nobody walks into a bodega and surrounds the shopkeeper. <laughs> Do you all want cigarettes? They I know, do. I know. And this guy, he considers himself to be such, like, uh, have so much integrity. And he's over here, like, flanking, flanking, <laughs> flat-footed. Three I mean, attacks. you would do that in a bodega if you were anticipating fighting the guy in the bodega. <laughs> yeah, if you walked, absolutely do that. If you walked into a bodega and it was completely empty and the guy seemed to be, his robe seemed to be smoking like he didn't yeah, even exist. Yeah, emitting smoke from the hem of his robe. Yeah, I'm, you never been to the Dreamlands before. That might be normal. It's true. You I see three know. kids walk by with no, with shadow feet, <laughs> smoke feet. Daddy, Daddy, you got cleave. You got custom. <laughs> Father, Father Bindi, you have customers for the first time in years. Why are they killing you? <laughs> Little Tommy and Steve Fentonton will be fatherless. Go ahead, take your nine attacks, everybody. Aldo, Aldo is a. Uh, he yells out, "Ha ha!" And he pulls out his sickle because he's right adjacent to him. First action. And it like, just starts hacking at him with the sickle, hacking at his arm that he's reaching out to Atticus okay. with. Uh, for, yeah, first attack is a 17. That's a miss. Okay. <sighs> and okay. Okay. so he puts an action drawing the sickle, uh, another action attacking, and then with this third action, he's going to like whoop, just sort of duck away and run off into the corner of the store. Okay. He sneaks off to make the combat more interesting. And now it is Halster's turn. <laughs> what type of damage does Sir Julie's sword do? Slashing or piercing? My sword can do either slashing or piercing. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the opposite. So if I see you took a slash in your attack, I'm going to do piercing just in case that has anything to do with not all the damage. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to power attack for the first time. Yeah. Woo! Talk to me about a 2E power attack. 2E power attack takes two, da- uh, two actions out of your three and uh, adds an extra damage die to your damage roll. Ooh. If you hit, Ooh. and I rolled a 31. Damage. Oh! Yes. That's a hit. But not a crit? 31, I'm so sorry, no. Oh, terrible. Embarrass uh, Matthew. Even with flanking? Even with flanking, yes. Please stop. All of you stop. 
It's 14 points of damage. 14 points. Of, you notice not all of it gets through. Not all of it gets through. No, not all of it gets through. It's almost like not this dude's made of shadow. Not all of it gets through. All right, second attack. Here it comes. 21 to hit. Whoa. Moving on to the next character in initiative. It is Atticus Grimm. This guy's reaching for you, Atticus. Because he knows you're smart. Because he knows I'm smart. Uh... What is this guy? Is this guy have anything in his hands? What is this guy's deal? What is your deal. story, fella? No, um, he's just in. Ro- does you he have anything? Notice on, anything there, in his hands? Is there is there anything on the table? Um, just rags and dust. Rags and dust. Yep. Maybe what an is old this Playboy dude's story. <laughs> it is a bodega. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! This is two E now. I can do a thousand things. I can show you the world. <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> oh, you hear the beautiful voice? Uh, I am going to immediately. Okay, I'll, I'll just react quickly here. And ah, he's reaching out to me. I don't know what his powers are like. So I'm going to cast a spell. Assuming he doesn't have okay. an attack of opportunity, I'm just going to say a trigger word, and I'm going to cast time jump. So I say the phrase, uh-huh. and time stops. Boom. What's the phrase? In that instant. Or what's what the phrase? phrase? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your brain immediately go to poultry? Or, or protein? Beef. beef was already <laughs> taken. Beef. Chicken. Chicken! All right. It's official. If you ever want to cast like, time jump, that I'll is the you. somatic component, a verbal component. I'll show you what I'm made of. He reaches out. I'm like, chicken! chicken. And then the dude just... Everybody else freezes as well. And in that instant, Atticus is going to... Uh, Move okay. completely across the room to the back, uh, back inside the corner behind Holster, like 20 feet behind Holster, where this guy basically would not see where he went uh, as a move action. And then as one additional action, I get two actions, he will cast shield and just bring up a shield in front of himself. And so it's a purely defensive measure. And then time restarts. So basically to this guy, he reaches out and Atticus vanishes. Okay. That's what he sees. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, so those were your three actions. He was reaching for you and you're gone. So he turns his attention to either Halster or Sir Julie. Oh, so you don't waste his turn, though, when that happens. You just get yourself out. I think so, right? It doesn't waste it a works? turn. You just get yourself free and leave your friends at his mercy, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> do, what? do I waste your turn? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, you don't waste a turn. Yeah, he no, committed that turn. flavor because flavor. you, you rolled flavor. a low initiative, right? So, like, Grant's trying to uh, game the system here. One, two, three, Sir Julie. Four, five, six, Halster. I roll in front of Joe. That's Halster Price with a... Oh. Planet die on our new split the split party, the party dice. dice available in the Ooh. gift shop for three thousand dollars. <laughs> he casts a spell on you. Oh, give me screaming Jay Hawkins. I a saw will him save. In Berlin in nineteen ninety two. It's awesome. Will save. 
Which save? What save? Will save. Here it comes. I'm an expert in will. 24. I need to check. Wait. And I will take an attack of opportunity as a reaction. You can do that? Boop. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. Take your. Can you do that as a reaction when you cast yes. a spell? Okay, then please. Take your John. Uh, that is going to be a 29 to hit. Ooh. That is a hit. Okay. Woo. Making sure that power attack is off at my damage calculations. Um... 18 points of damage. Nice. Nice. Okay. Five and a six. Phenomenal. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Unfortunately, you failed against a spell known as Phantasmal Killer. Oh, oh no, no. no way. Are you familiar no. with Phantasmal Killer? What's no. it like in 2E? Is it less killy? Yeah. It's, uh, it's still a little killy. Is it now with more kill? Now with more kill. Now with double the kill. You are going to take uh, 8d6 mental damage. Oh, and that carries over to the John plane. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't make everything more confusing. This, this triggers a reaction. It's very clear. This triggers a reaction from Sir Julie. It does. Yes. I can use my, my, my paladin's ability, uh, retributive strike. You, when the trigger is you, an enemy damages your ally, and both are within 15 feet. Wow. Retribute away. So, Jules. Okay, that's going to be a 31 to hit. That is nice. a hit. Nice. Destroy. That's uh, 18 points of damage, and. You get 9 DR, though I don't think that really matters here. Against mental damage, probably not. Probably not. Mental damage going right to your dome, bro. <laughs> right to your motherfucking dome. Right to the dome, soda. No, the ally gains resistance to all damage against the triggering damage equal to 2 plus your level. Oh! Wow. Sir Julie's sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> <laughs> For real. How, sir, you take 30 points of mental damage and you are frightened Two. Oh, shit. 21 Ooh. points of mental damage. No, I think you take all the mental damage. I don't think the DR blocks. No, it does. All it does? damage. It says all damage. Blocks really? All damage. Gross. Frightened two, you say. Frightened two. Does it block that? Mm. <laughs> Angry GM. I still have one more action. You're asking, does he have a weapon in his hand? No, he doesn't because his hands are weapons. You see one of his hands start to extend out into a nightmare tendril, and it swings at Sir Julie Andrews with neon green. It it looks particularly neon tonight. It does. It's like it's glowing from the inside with hate. What is the deal with gas prices? (laughs) Neon green. Now's not the time nor place. Okay, that is going to be a 34 to hit. That hits. Is it a crit? No. It's close. A couple things are going to happen. First, we'll start with the damage, which is going to be 21 points of negative energy damage. And then you're going to do something called an endless nightmare. Oh, oh here. Please that sounds give, bad. Please yeah. give me a fortitude save, Sir Julie. Okay. 
24. Oh, no. I'm going to use a hero point. Bottle cap re Oh, you're the bottle cap re After I did my dance. Good. <laughs> okay. Uh, 26. <laughs> Still a fail! Oh, no. This it's is not so bad, but you do move to stage one of this endless nightmare where you are fatigued for one day. Oh. Oh, oh damn. Okay. 24 hours from now, we'll roll this again and see if you move to stage two, and God help you, move to stage three. So I'm fatigued. That's you are really fatigued. That's really scary. Fatigued. One. Frightened. A two. Round two. Sir Julie's turn, or are you too tired? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Uh, I'm not too tired. Okay, so Sir Julie will first uh, strike out this rather mean fellow, as shopkeepers go. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, cracked eye. Okay. Uh, okay, that's going to be a 33 to hit. The old Larry Bird hit. All right, uh, that's going to be 16 points of damage. Not really, but okay. Okay, uh, and then Sir Julie is actually going to move. Okay, coward. You'll see why in a minute. Uh, And she's going to move around so she can reach across and touch Halster for a lay on hands. Oh, nice. We truly are in the dreamland. You're my best (laughs) friend. That also. My goodness. I'm just reading here. Uh, Mercy. Gives you, get rid, gets rid of fear effects. Oh, yeah. You can attempt to counteract a fear effect or an effect imposing the paralyzed condition on a target, in addition to the other benefits wow. of brown hands. That's powerful. So that, I'm assuming that would, frightened falls under fear effects. Please tell me you didn't just say you're going to counteract something. It is the single most complicated thing in all of Pathfinder 2nd <laughs> Edition. I, I mean... It's not a huge deal. It'll go down at the end of my turn. It kind of just dissipates naturally, and it's just taking an effect on things. So if we don't want to grind the show to a halt, we can do it, I don't know, in Columbus. Yeah, Frighten does go away at the end of his turn. Frighten 2. It goes, go, to goes to 1. It goes to 1, and then it goes to 0. Unless he gets hit. I mean, I want to heal him regardless. Yeah, no, So the lay nice. on hands. The, the Frighten, removing the, counteracting the fear effect is a bonus. Okay. And we don't know how it works, so Joe will look that up. Joe <laughs> so will just pretend it <laughs> never happened. It is tough. you got to really dig in here. For spells, the counteract check modifier is your spellcasting ability modifier plus your spellcasting proficiency bonus. Plus any bonuses. When you, what you can counteract depends on the check result and the target's level. If an effect, yeah, it's, just, it's a lot. On. It's a lot. Why is this so complicated? We're live in D.C. Because hey, we're just live. Man. Just look it we're up. Live. It's Aldo's turn. Aldo is going to pop a bomb off his bandolier. Say, taste fire, ghost! Okay. Tosses a bomb in his general direction. Uh, That is a 29 to hit. Question. Well, you have to throw it past... Well, I guess you can kind of sneak it in there. kind of a... I got a lane You've got an opening. I I thought you were where Atticus is. 29 is a hit. All right. There we go. Uh, All right. That is 12 points of fire damage. Okay. The creature is on fire. It will be dealt an additional two points of persistent fire damage on its turn. Okay. I'm going to throw another bomb. 
You can throw Ooh. another bomb. And do your friends take any uh, splash damage? No. I, as I have the bomber ability, which allows me to forgo any splash damage. Okay. And that doesn't take an action to do? No. No. All right. All right. Second, second bomb. Second bomb. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. Yes. And that's oh, with the minus dear. five, correct? Or minus four yes. if it's agile? Yeah. Almost a crit fail. But instead, it's just Jeepers. That's right. Ooh. Do you have any actions left? Uh, I do, but I'm going to use my final action to shout out. We didn't come here to fuck spiders! <laughs> that is an action in Pathfinder 2E to do that. Um, it is Halster's turn. Any update on Counteract O'Brien? Uh, I mean, just roll Halster's turn. Halster's turn, perfect. Uh, Halster's going to do a classic... Pathfinder 2E fighter trick, and that's attack, attack, raise shields. Wow. There you go. Stance, yeah. stance, revolution! Uh, that is going to be a 30 to hit on the first attack. Ooh. That's a hit. All right, here chip, comes the damage. Chip, chipping this guy down, old Bindi Fentonton. 16 points of damage on the Ooh, first attack. Maybe some of that went through. The second attack is a 31. Also, nice. a hit. 12 points of damage on the second attack, and then raises his shield and cowers behind it. Smart. That's just smart is what it is. And now it is Atticus Grimm's turn. Atticus, you slipped away and left your friends to be hit by a phantasmal killer. That's right. Nightmare tendrils. What do you do? As is tradition. Uh, Atticus is going to reach into his uh, belt, draw a wand, and double down on this uh, burning, smoky dude. Okay. And he's going to fire off a wand of scorching ray. Yes. As a fire ray shoots at the dude, uh, it is a spell attack roll. Here we go. 34 to hit. Regular hit? That's right. That would not be a crit. I don't know why I got excited. You got really excited. Uh, but it's the two-action version of the wand spell, okay. which is going to be... A couple of ones on some D6s. That's a lot of ones. On 4D6 fire damage, I rolled one, 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 two. <laughs> I got a two, baby! Are you fucking kidding me? Scorch. Five points of fire damage. That ray, which is zero points of fire damage. Wait, did you say that before? He's resisting da- fire damage? I didn't tell him. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Most, some of it went through, but not all of it. So I would have seen that he was resisting fire. Yeah, you see it just fizzles off of him. So I never would have done that. We're having fun. This is he, great. He's not, like, immune to fire. He's just his fire was better than your fire. five points of fire. Yeah. That's how that uh, works. Yeah, that's his turn. That's it. Okay. He'll that's take it. some fire damage. Uh, Skid, uh, as I was just explaining to Joe, you notice that all your fire damage did not go through. He just did the Scorching Ray that did no damage because he rolled so poorly. None. Because he's Joe. But give me the uh, burn damage. See you, Joe. You had a good show, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. See you in Columbus, pal. Uh, give me my burn damage. Let's see if it exceeds its resistance. Two. Well, it's two. It does not, so it takes no burn damage. However, it's his turn, and he's ready to play. Sir Julie, 
let's have some fun with you. Cast a spell, which would provoke, right? It would provoke. I think I can still attack of opportunity with my shield raised. I believe so. But thank you. I heard a lot of no's. Uh, okay. Uh, shit. Even if I move, it's going to provoke, right? So fuck it. Take your take your AOS. Can you do it, or only if I hit him with retributing stride? If you do damage to an ally within 15, great, I'll attack you instead. That provokes from him. Please take your uh, thing. He's going right. to allow me to just from. reduce my frighten to one. Ooh, yes. Oh, now you should be scared, That's asshole. Rude. Uh, natural twenty. Oh! 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 Okay. What is the total? The total is thirty-eight. That is a critical. Yes. Yeah! So that's going to be I'm on a fucking. Isn't that the worst? A crit on an attack of opportunity. <laughs> yes, it is. The worst. It you is. Oh, best. Phantasmal killer. <laughs> wow. You just scared the shit out of me. Wow. You are, uh, for the audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, please describe what just happened. I just tried, I just scared Troy by coming over his shoulder, and he jumped out of his chair onto the ground. Like it was a nuclear war warning. <laughs> oh, and I must have spilled some warm beer on my crotch as well. It's, it's wet and warm down there as well. Good lord. <laughs> I think you kissed my cheek. Did anybody see that? <laughs> Whispering well, sweet well, nothing. buddy. Roll double damage. I just took double damage. <laughs> so just roll regular damage. So I'm rolling once and just multiplying that yes, by two. just doubling okay, whatever you roll. Okay, fantastic. Six? Yes. Uh, that is 34 points of what? damage. Yeah! Dude, that is so clutch. So clutch. Not all of it gets through, but most of it does. Yes. Give me a will save, Sir Jew. Sir Jew. I got the hiccups save. now. I'm so fucked up from Joe. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I mean, you came out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. I know. And licked my earlobe. That's what it felt like. What is like you're I mean, dude, your you're already like <laughs> your adrenaline's always like super high, and like you feel like, something coming out of nowhere. <laughs> white knuckle. You think an assassin has like come out of <laughs> off the balcony? This is like, it. They finally come for me. Yeah. So, Julie, we've waited long enough. I you rolled a natural six. Oh, baby! For a twenty. And you're out of bottle, Johns. I'm out of bottle, Johns. Fail. Oh my God. The critical thing? This is a five-foot burst, John. You give me a save as well. Oh, no. Of the Will Varietal? This is a a game changer. Uh, 22. You both fail. I cast sleep. Oh, no! no! You both fall unconscious. Oh, no. What, no. what, do we go into another dreamland? <laughs> you wake up. It's like it's a dream within a dream. <laughs> it oh. is. You go in another level it is deeper. 
A lot of chair falling today. What, what is happening? You fall unconscious. You drop your weapon. I see you got your the Matthew finger ready to yeah. come up. Is this a mental? The wait effect? a minute. The wait a minute. From it Matthew. does have the mental uh, John. Yeah, because I had to roll. It doesn't actually matter in this case. Wait, can I? Can I use my bottle cap? I, I don't want to fall asleep. You, not after you found out that you failed. That's why I gave you a moment to say I want to use my You cap. didn't give me shit. There was a moment. You guys noticed the moment I gave me shit. I gave him a long moment. Felt like 15 minutes. You both fall asleep. You will drop your weapons, and you immediately, uh, your hands fall into a bucket of warm water, and you piss yourself. Oh, no. It's really. I was assured that was impossible. It's really a sight. And then he just steps over your stupid bodies. And moves right up between Atticus and Oh, God. Oh, no. This is the best game ever. Oh, no. Man, people are already calling for the TPK. TPK. Bloodthirsty animals in this audience. Oh, my God. This is this is amazing. It is Sir Ju... Oh. Oh. So sorry. What what happens when you dream in the dreamlands? It's you, Inception. Yeah, man. Where am I? Where am I now? Am I? In a medieval castle, <laughs> and they're like the the world world. They're coming out of the world world. Sir Julian, stop making out with that dude. Get down there and fight those demons. And together with Zanzibar Macintosh, <laughs> she charges into the world world. It's Aldo's turn. Aldo, you see this guy just. Cast a spell, Sir Julie falls, Halster falls. Game changing TPK on the line here. What do you do? All right, his eyes, like behind his, his alchemist goggles, go wide when he sees Halster and Julie, like, falls. <gasps> and he's just like, he jumps back. So there's no, so what, the, the equivalent of the five foot step, is that not a thing step. anymore? Step. It's just step. Step. Right? step. All right, so he steps back with step. one action. Yep. And pulls out another bomb. And he's just like, don't you dare think about doing that. I'm not going to sleep. There's no sleep in here. No sleeping in the dreamlands, mate. So it's another bomb. Crack die. Oh, fuck. Uh, all right. I have one more bottle cap left. From last week. I'm going to use it. But doesn't he know it failed at this point, Troy? Troy? Isn't that different well, no, from like, no. that just saves? Your rule doesn't make sense. No, no, no. It does make sense. There's different. It's different to know that you failed and then know the effect of the failure. The so effect. you know the effect of the failure before. You know what I mean? Uh, he okay. was like, you both failed. At that moment, if you were like, I'll use bottle again. Yeah, I think so. But then he was like, and you fall asleep. And then you're like, now I'll use it. That's a little tough. And Skid knows that the effect of failing is not hitting the person. Well, no, I time. just know that I rolled a four. So, Got it. Yeah. Skid, what do you got here? All right. All right. Uh, that's 31 to hit with the bomb. That's a hit. That a I would argue, by the way, that an exploding bomb might wake us up. Uh, only alone. if he does splash damage to you. That is 13 points of fire damage. 13 points of fire damage. Not bad. And use my final action to throw a second bomb. That is a natty 19 for 29. That is a hit. Come on. Uh, 14 more points of fire damage. Oh, man, he's really taking it. Come on. Really taking it. Shit. It is. Oh. 
It's DC oh. Joe's turn now. Come on, DC Joe! I just want you to know we're all counting on you. We're all counting on you. Loud. Uh, well, I just looked up the unconscious condition for Pathfinder 2E. Loud noise is being made around you is one of the, one of the causes for waking up. Uh-huh. Bombs don't make noises in the dreamlands. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. It's, like, a, it's, it's like a bomb in space. It is not automatic. At the start of your turn, you automatically attempt a perception check against the noises DC. Waking up if you succeed. All right. And I'm assuming good. I get to set the noises DC. Let me just check my. This is the lowest here. DC if there's more than one noise. All right. I mean, easy. this is often DC five for a battle. I'm gonna say DC forty eight. <laughs> well, is there? There is no check. You went straight over House of right? So there's just nothing. I'm just asleep. Yeah, you're just asleep. You're dreaming of. No, this is what I'm saying. If there was oh, no, a loud noise at the start of your turn, you would make the check. I know. It's clear choice being uncooperative. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. If you guys take an a- if you spend an action making a loud noise, I'll give them the perception check. He threw us the a bomb. Ex- I threw a bomb. <laughs> Once again, it's a very quiet bomb. It was absorbed. <laughs> it's not. It was absorbed by the spirit's body. I have very loud bombs. It muffled was muffled by the smoke. How dare you? I also I'm sure shouted we'll be the fine. spider thing. I shouted the that thing. Yeah, the spider, the, the Australia. That was as loud. The Australians are super loud. Atticus. That's. That was what happened. What would you like to do? Uh, this guy's going to walk up to Atticus. Atticus, <laughs> Atticus is going to drop the wand in his hand, draw another wand, <laughs> and just be like, with a flourish, with a little perform flourish, like, musca, and just, boom, a wand of invisibility on himself. Nice. And it'll just vanish in front of the guy. <laughs> Gone. Gone! Leaving... Poor Aldo. Alone. <laughs> Anticus, Mike, what, what are you doing? Well, I was thinking I'd go wake them up, but like, uh, you know, they're just yelling about all the noises waking them up, so I guess uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, that'll enough, be it. Seeing Atticus disappear, he takes his first action to step towards Aldo. And with his second action, he casts a spell. I need a will. Oh. Save. Uh, we lie one side. Come on, buddy. Alright. Uh, okay. That is a 27. Just failed. Oh my god! Man, this guy is. This is the boss of the dreamland. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I, like, I rolled a natty 14. It's like. Yeah. Seriously. Very yeah. high DC for this guy. This is Pathfinder 2E. Uh, so let's talk about the damage. It is a gentleman's 26 mental damage. Oh. And you are frightened too. Another phantasmal killer. And uh, he moved to get in position to do that. I guess I didn't need to do that. So that is his turn. And then it comes back to the next round. And it comes right back to you, Aldo. Atticus is gone. Your friends are asleep. Ella's uh, going to take another step back. Like he just he just keeps backing away from this this being. Yep. Now he's like standing astride, like his, his sleeping friends Julie and Halster, and he's just says, "Come on, wake up, you buggers! Come on, there's doings about." And he's going to throw another bomb. Fuck! It's a nineteen. 
Don't exclude us from the splash damage. Okay. Well, it's, it doesn't, it's only five foot. So. Uh, 19 is a miss. Because all of our abilities changed for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> when we got on the boats, everything, the laws of physics changed in our world. So I'm going to throw uh, another, my final bomb. We got this. We got this. Of the round. Okay. Ah, 29 to hit. That's a hit. Yes. There we go. Uh, that is 14 more points of fire damage. And he died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. You had it, Aldo. You had it the whole time. Woo. Hero, Aldo, Casimir. No. <laughs> and he disappears. And as he disappears, the sound of that bomb wakes up your friends. <laughs> How convenient! <laughs> so loud it woke up your friends. Ten more minutes, Mom. <laughs> this session, to quote Joe, needs an asterisk. <laughs> See, it's a lot more. He's just got to go with it. It's a lot more fun if he gets the killing blow. You guys are. No, saying. I understand. He still would have yeah. the killing blow. <laughs> what do you do? Well, what happens when he dies? Is he like vaporized? Or? Like, ah! What a world, what a world. Is ah! there a body? Uh, no, it just <laughs> turns into smoke and fucking disappears. What the hell? Sir Julie's still inflicted by the endless nightmare, though. Memories of her time fighting in the world wound, banging on the reg. What do um, you do? Can we inspect this room? Is it actually empty? Is it. Yeah, no, you look around, and uh, as you're looking around, you find something under a pile of rags. Ooh. Um, you find five enormous emeralds that seem oh. to be worth some money, although I think it's wrong in this conversion. So I'll look. But you also find an orange prism aeon stone. Oh, I was just looking at this. In 2E. You want to know about the Aeon Stone? All right. For this young lady. Um, an orange prism Aeon Stone must be activated to provide a benefit, sister. The resonant power grants you a plus two item bonus to arcana, nature, occultism, or religion checks, whichever corresponds to the tradition of the last spell you enhanced with this Aeon Stone. It's uh, one action to uh, activate it. And uh, if your next action after you activate it is to cast a spell, that spell is one level higher for the purposes of counteracting and being counteracted to rules which we know to a T. <laughs> you have some time before Columbus to learn about that orange yeah. prism hand stone. We know those almost as well as the sleep rules. Right. <laughs> oh. Still, there's still a little sore about sleep. Uh, who wants the Aeon Stone? Atticus. Anybody else? Uh, roll off. It's a roll off. All roll four? Off. Why not? Uh, good old oh, fashioned roll off. I have spells. Yeah, but you can kill these, everything without a, a single spell. Apparently not. All right. Bleeding. I'm bleeding from my fall. <laughs> Twelve. Ooh, good roll. Matthew. <laughs> so gross. 19. Natty, 19. Grandis. Enjoy it, Matthew. No. Matthew, enjoy your crisp new Aeon Stone. 
What I'll give you five dollars every time you use it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it also comes with a uh, a beautiful uh, tuxedo um, fitted for a rat. <laughs> but that's yours. You won that. In the so Julie off. sets it on fire. <laughs> Won't no be needing this. For this. Okay. Good. What do you guys do next in um, this caravansera? I think that uh, Halster, <laughs> Halster will treat wounds of anyone that, that is hurting. Um, yes, did please. I get any healing from the lay on hands, or was that just for fear? 18 points of damage. Oh, okay, great. 18 points. 18 hit points. She damaged you for 18 All right. points. I'm also going to refocus and get my focus point back. I'm a master in medicine, so I can do a DC 30 check to increase the hit points you heal by 30, but that makes it a real hard check. I'd have to roll a 15 or higher to do it. So I'm going to keep that DC check at 20 to increase the hit points regained by 10. Uh, nailed it with a 24. Nice. Uh, Meanwhile, those emeralds are worth 1,000 silver pieces each. Nice. You get 20 points back. Great. Thank Sorry, you. how much are they worth? 1,000 silver pieces each. So this is something I don't understand. So just looking up the Aeon Stone, the Orange Prism Aeon Stone, it says that they're worth 9,750 gold pieces, which seems like the GDP of like a mid-sized nation in Galeria, <laughs> based on the new rules of the economy. Um, Yes. And is that true? Yeah, you, you do notice that. That's, uh, so, like, I don't know if you guys have a praise or if a praise even exists, but, like, But yeah. we can't take it back with us, right? It's only in the dreamlands? You right. can only take oh. it here. Oh. Yeah. But that is wildly powerful and expensive for the, the relative level that you're at. Yeah. So, yeah, you do take note of that. How strange, you say to yourself. Okay. I'm going to use this as often as possible. <laughs> I shall use it constantly for no reason whatsoever. So that, is that one of the rules that we came across in our study of like anything that we find in the dreamlands stays in the dreamlands. It stays here. But okay. when you come back, it's in your possession again. All right. Okay. So cool. you should make a little side list. Yeah. Of anything Very you find easy here. to do on Hero Lab. To just have the Dreamlands gear, or you could be like use a Google Doc or an email. Yeah, I know. Or a piece of paper. <laughs> or an email. Or the million other ways that you can make lists. Grant points out that the the Dreamlands is essentially Vegas because it's, <laughs> it's a hot desert where anything that you find there stays there, right? Yeah. Except herpes. Right. It's a gift that keeps on giving. That always comes. That home. always comes back. Okay, what do you do? You herpetic fools. <laughs> um, I want to look around this room and anywhere else for any other signs of somnambulism. Um, no, you do notice Sir Julie seems a little off. I feel a little off. She says as much. <laughs> How are you feeling, Sir Julie? If I had to put a word on it, I feel a bit fatigued. From the endless nightmare that's playing in like a loop inside my head right now. Oh. Can you not hear it? Can you not hear the, the nightmare that's playing in an endless loop inside my head, Aldo? No, I can't hear it. That sounds terrible. I, say, I count that as a blessing that you cannot hear it because it is truly awful. I'm grateful. I am seeing my, co- my, co- my compatriots die, vivisected, disemboweled, blood-drained, exsanguinated, 
over and over again. He grabs her by the shoulders and slaps her across the face. Say, wake up! Interesting. Did that work? She takes 4d6 points. (laughs) Sorry, Sir Julie. I always dream myself to be incredibly strong. (laughs) So I apologize for that. You put quite a bit of effort into that slap. Sorry. Put some weight behind it. (laughs) All right, what do you want to do now? Uh, Let's open a door. Let's go across to the east. We got this room. Let's finish this room. Let's finish this building. Yeah, let's go to the south. We got this door down here. There's another curtain. Great. Go. I was just trying to make a choice instead uh, of no choices. Halster moves up to the curtain, seeing Sir Julie not feeling well. He wants to maybe... This is his moment to impress her. So one, (laughs) two, three. Okay. You uh, move the curtains, and not unlike the curtain before, it just disintegrates in your hands. It's very old. And you see a uh, small room. Uh, Looks like a dining room, perhaps. Um, The curtain, just like the other one, is very heavy, whereas you saw, as you were coming in on one of the doors to the east, a very thin curtain. Um, You push it aside, it starts to break apart in your hands, and you see uh, three elegant wooden tables and stools of varying sizes, all lacquered in a rich black. A few plates and a decorated pitcher are stacked on a sideboard, and everything in there is covered in dust. It really has been a long time since he saw anyone. Fascinating. Let's keep moving. Uh, is there a, uh, uh, how, does, how does searching a room? Do we need to roll perception as we roll search here? If we wanted to check You would roll search. Unfortunately, something happens as you begin to enter the room. (laughs) No, no. Get get Atticus. Atticus. Sir Julie. No, no, I was back here. Examining the floor to the north. (laughs) The floor of the north! Back in the room. Now you've put me in the deepest in the back corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where you belong, you son of a bitch. Everybody go back where they were. Something very, <laughs> very strange. So we're at the doorway, this horrifying, creepy room. And we're like, all right, let's all run as fast as we can to the back corner. Wedge ourselves in there in an instant. They'll never expect it, Aldo. They'll never know. <laughs> the closer we are to danger, the farther we are from harm. So <laughs> last thing he'll expect. You enter the room and you start looking about. And you notice that figures begin to emerge in the room. Um, oh, hidden figures. Oh. oh, no. Oh, no. Suddenly, several ghostly forms begin to appear in the room. 
You see an old woman with bluish black skin covered in gaudy jewelry and elaborately quaffed black hair, and she's yelling at two human men to fetch her more food and clean up the plates and cups in front of her, and they're scrambling to acquiesce. It's almost like they don't even see you as this is happening. At another table, three surly, humanoid-looking creatures wearing turbans are, are... talking over a detailed image of the moon that sits on the table in front of them. And finally, at a third table, a group of hooded ghouls are gathered around a human head that looks to be made of terracotta, and they're poking at it and prodding at it and studying it. And they don't really look at you at all, and they're all talking over each other and you hear their voices start to fill their room and their voices start echoing in an overlapping unintelligible cacophony and suddenly they all stop and then one by one each of them turns to look at all of you (laughs) this is all right out of inception it is and as they do, their mouths start to get really long. <laughs> and they just like go, ah! Oh, God. And we'll see you in Columbus. Oh! On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.